Welcome to Return to Beacon Hills, a Teen Wolf Rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Calissa Mullis, and I'm joined by Kate Colvin and Will Wallace. Every week, we'll be watching and talking about the hit MTV series one episode at a time, but this week, we're talking about a topic instead of a particular episode. Our topic is Styles' Spark. In season two, episode eight, Raving, Dr. Deaton teaches Styles how to lay a mountain ash barrier. This topic was chosen by our fan contest winner, You Are Girl Dad. Here's how Deaton describes the process. Think of it like gunpowder. It's just powder until a spark ignites it. You need to be that spark, Styles. Later, when Styles uses just a small handful of mountain ash to create a complete barrier around the building, seemingly through sheer force of will, that scene, combined with Deaton's poetic choice of words, led many fans to believe that Styles had some sort of inherent magical gift. That spark has since become deeply ingrained, so much so that there are over 2,000 fics on Archive of Our Own, or AO3, with the tag Spark Styles Stalinsky. Sparlinsky. <laughs> so I had never heard of this before until y'all said we were doing this. Sometimes it still just shocks me that you don't know all the fan and stuff like we know. <laughs> I'll be like, Will, what? I like, like it. After you read so much of it, where there are sort of these consistent motifs and tropes that were... I don't even know if it's necessarily invented by fans, I guess, but like unearthed by fans because it's like their deeper interpretation of the story. But once you read enough of those, it really starts to blur the lines and you're like, I don't remember if that really happened in the show. And sometimes Calissa and I will text each other, you know, like when we're working on something for the podcast and be like, so did this really happen or have I just read a lot of fanfic? Fanon or canon? A yeah, fun game really. we play. It's a fun game we play. Yeah. Sheriff will always be John to me. His name is John. Always. I've that read it so many times. I can't, I can't even say his, his real name. I, I was reading a fic today and he, he's John. He's always John. I've, read I've never like read a fic, fic with his canonical name. I've read like one and it's weird. <laughs> I'm always like, who the fuck is Noah? Is there a Noah on the show? <laughs> is there a this? flood coming <laughs> that I don't know about? Like, I was actually, you know, giving you crap for a will, but I realized there's some fan stuff I don't actually know about. Whenever I did the throwback tweet where you had mentioned Derek's headcanon mill name that you'd come up with during the original run of the show, mm-hmm. and it's Jonathan was your headcanon. There is no canonical mill name for him, but in one of the I think it's whenever his police report is pulled up, it shows that S is his middle initial. Mm. And um, which I guess you didn't even care to look at. <laughs> Call um, out. But like, so I guess Fanon is his middle name is Samuel. And I did not know that until oh, fans nice. told like me that. that. Well, <laughs> every time I just get like the from community. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> That's, but anyway, that's a, a pretty that. middle name. I like that. Yeah, it's a good name. I like that a lot. It is. That's also a biblical name. Like all those names that end in U-E-L or I-E-L are all, you know, Gabriel, Samuel, uh, Lemuel. So yeah, Will, you did not know about this Fanon. What did you think about it? Because I sent you a lot of 
homework to study before mm-hmm. we did this episode. Yes. So you'd have like a more informed discussion. Yes. Well, when you first mentioned it, like a, in a, t- in a text or something, it was like, we should do something about styles of spark. And I was like, just like, what? I don't, I don't know. What it, was, it, was. it was not my idea. It was her fans. Right. No, but when you Twitter. sent it over, um, like I had never heard of this or anything, but then having read the stuff you talked about, I think it's interesting, but I'm also not really down with styles being magical at all for reasons I will explain later, but I can um, sum it up. Uh, he sucks. You suck. Not with styles. And that's why Jesus that escalated quickly. Yeah. I feel did. strongly about, um, I like spark styles. I well fuck I, you too. <laughs> fuck you too. End of podcast. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> okay, so I'll just go ahead and play my normal role of peacekeeper here. Um, I feel like maybe I'm the middle of the road insofar as I you haven't gotten into yet why you're opposed to uh spark styles. Yeah. But it seemed like from your wording, you're opposed to styles being magical because it's important to you for the story and for how his character fits into the story that he be human. And I think that there's actually some middle ground there because I think there's something kind of interesting about the idea that like, it's not that he was born magical. It's that there are some things magically speaking, that you can become good at, not because you're born with any inherent power, but through force of will, Uh Uh right? Because Deaton specifically uses the language force of will when he's describing what Styles is going to do, right? So he's saying, your belief is what makes it real. Yeah. If you don't believe that the mountain ash barrier is going to work, it won't work. Mm-hmm. So this is it's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It mm-hmm. exists or doesn't exist based on your belief. So I kind of like the idea that Styles is magical in the same way that Scott is an alpha. Mm-hmm. In other words, just through character and force of will, not yes. through any uh external process, but because he chose to be and then yeah. made it so. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it, it doesn't really interfere from him being human because it's something that theoretically any regular person could do if placed in the right circumstances and with the right sort of character. I feel like there's a middle ground there where he is still just human. We're all just human, but you can become more powerful. Yeah. I really like all of that, Kate. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, well, let's hear it. Oh, uh, Kate summed it up very nicely for me. Where it's just, I I think that for the story of Teen Wolf, there needs to be a human being. Because almost everybody becomes something by the end of it, except Styles. And I I like, and Melissa. Although she's got the spark too, because she throws Mountain Ash and it does stuff. But um, I like, there just needs to be, a regular person and I, I styles is our regular person and I like him as just just a guy specifically because I love all the bit all, I love the stuff in season five with 
the murder in sad quotes because it's not really a murder no matter what the show says or anything like that scott you're a dick because uh, because of all the stuff styles yells at scott he's like some of us are human some of us don't have these powers or these things these abilities that some of us have to y'all seen the scene you know what i'm talking about but i and yeah. i i just love what show that. is this from uh <laughs> it's from magnum pi this is when is that the reboot or no the no no it's the original it's when tom Selleck's mustache kills somebody and he and and the mustache and tom Selleck have this this big blowout argument about it while they're flying around in hawaii and you're mixing it up with the one with the talking car and him and the car getting a fight after the oh, car no 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 night rider was total trash anybody who watched that, that wasn't murder that was vehicular manslaughter by definition <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that's what the car says but that's I- <laughs> <laughs> yes that's what the car says but um <clears throat> I just think for the story of Team Wolf, it's very important that somebody stay of the core group, the core pack, that someone stays human. And and I, I think that keeps the show. I mean, the show is relatable no matter what. It's a relatable show. All the characters are relatable in, in a lot of different ways. But I, I think it just makes the story richer that not everyone is quote unquote special in a supernatural way. Um, and so yeah, that's that's just it. Is I like. I like Styles is the, the the quote unquote straight man to the supernaturals, and that's not really a good way to put it. But um, I just like that. I just I just like that someone's just a regular, regular Joe. A regular, the Batman. Of the Batman. Yes, he's the Batman. He has to work hard. I mean, everybody works hard, but he's he's just a human being, and he has to work hard to keep up with his pack members. And I mean, and he does a fantastic job at it. And so that's just, if, if he had turned out to be a witch or magic or whatever, I don't care. Uh, it just would, I feel like it would have been just a bridge too far with these characters. And yeah. Would you like to hear why I disagree? Absolutely. Lay it on me. So I feel like Styles is the pack emissary because he uses the Mount Ash like the other emissaries that we see on the show as opposed to the humans that we see on the show. Like we have Morel throw the Mount Ash up and it lands in a perfect circle around her. We have Jennifer do the same thing. She throws the Mount Ash up, perfect circle. He, Styles doesn't use it on himself to form a circle, but he does throw it out in the series finale and it forms a circle around the Anukate. Anukate. <laughs> We Is have a new called? kite. <laughs> a new kite. Yes. The Anukate. <laughs> did we do that in the show? We were going to have a new kite make a joke. written in blood or something like that. <laughs> that sounds like. I can't remember if we did it or yeah. not. So, anyway, um, so Styles throws the Mount Ash and it forms a circle around the Anuke. And he does it to help save Scott and protect everyone else. And so he uses the Mount Ash like the other emissaries in which he seems to be able to do from force of will, have it form a circle around what he wants to protect or trap as opposed to like when we see like Melissa use it or um, Lydia, Lydia use it. Thank you. There's, I know several people use it throughout the show. Whenever we see them use it, they always have to like actually pour it out and also, he can break the Mount Ash 
by force of will when we see like other people doesn't seem like they're able to like when Allison breaks it she has to touch the mountain ash like physically physically touch it whereas when you see Styles break it and raving he moves his hand above it he never makes contact but he's able to break it we do see uh when Lydia throws the mountain ash it for it does form a straight line it like completes the circuit but she is a banshee. banshee So I was actually going to also bring up a comparison to Lydia. So when we have Deaton explaining it to Styles in raping, Deaton says, think of it like gunpowder. It's just powder until a spark ignites it. You need to be that spark, Styles. And then in season 3B, Lotharia Volpina, we have Peter tell Lydia, do you actually think I was trying to kill you when I bit you? You are my backup plan. Remember, not to mention the bite is what brought out your nascent abilities. You think power like that was going to come out on its own? I'm the spark that lit your fire, sweetheart. So we have that comparison of the sparks there. And um, I thought that was really interesting, the use of spark in both ways. I don't know if it was intentional or not. It would have to be (laughs) benefit of the doubt, guys. Benefit of the doubt. Sure, sure, yeah. I don't know if it was intentional, but I thought it was very interesting that Deaton says that Styles needs to be that spark. And then later we say that Peter was the spark that caused Lydia's banshee powers to come to the surface. Now we also have that Styles was possessed. So he did have something supernatural happen to him. He wasn't ever bitten. But you have to wonder if that helped bring something to the surface as well for him. Mm-hmm. But that was after, right? After the event. It of was raving. after raving, but like he, I mean, it's not like saying like he never had anything before. So Ashby was saying whenever we watched Formality, she wondered if we were seeing a bit of Lydia's banshee abilities even then, whenever she went looking for Jackson because yeah. Jackson was in trouble mm-hmm. with the hunters. And so, and I really liked that idea. And so I wondered like maybe Styles had this. He had something before, but maybe it was more like awoken after he was possessed by the Nikitsune and became Void Styles there. Yeah. But I, I really like the idea of him having his own role in the pack rather mm-hmm. than just he's the mascot human. I love stuff human well, styles. I mean, I, I I don't think of him as like the mascot human. He's I to, for me, he's a complete member of the pack. Like, I mean, I, I don't think anyone looks down on him for being a human being in the Except pack. himself. Except, Except himself. himself. But I mean, that's that's fine. You know, I mean, like... But, yeah. like, from the other packs we see and kind of hear about, like, technically we hear there were humans in the hill. Well, technically we hear there were humans who died in the fire mm-hmm. when they set fire to the hill house. We don't actually know if they were humans in the pack because we never actually get discussion on that. I assumed because it's Wolf Moon that they're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was like other, like the Hale family is a big family and like people marry in and stuff like that. Right. So that there are, you know, but I would assume they would a be, human wife, you know. I assume they would be pack though. Oh. Yeah. Well, we don't actually know how pack dynamics like work when it comes mm-hmm. to that. Like if you True. marry in, but I've put many mean? hours of thought into it. So. <laughs> If you marry in, does that mean, like, yeah, you're one of the pack? Do you have, like, an initiation process? Is it, like, converting to a religion? Mm-hmm. Does your last know. name have to become Hale? It does. But, that was yeah, in my so. Beacon Hills pilot that the husband took the last name. Sick. 
Yes. I kind of like to think that Stalinsky also took his wife's last name because he says that she's the one who chose like the Polish first name, mm-hmm. which I know later we find out is like from his grandfather. But um, I thought it was weird. She was pushing, like she'd push for like him to be named after a dick John's <laughs> after John's mother. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Noah's father. That is weird. I, I always forget that because then, you know, when you go back to the tell and, you know, he mentions that it was his wife who pushed for that name. I, I always just sort of, when I rewatch that paint over the, the later stuff, because I'm like, no, it had to have been her dad. Right. That's what makes sense. It's what I don't know. Sense, so. Maybe, maybe it's like Polish Americans marrying other Polish Americans. I mean, one side of my family has been Irish Catholics marrying other Irish Catholics for many generations. So that's how I always thought about it with, with them, where it's just like, there's a Beacon Hills has a tight knit Polish community. And, um, uh, and that was kind of how that happened. But I mean, it all, it's all good stuff. One of the quotes that, so I added a couple quotes here too. Um, First of all, there is one more time on the show that someone mentions a spark. And I think the context is kind of interesting there. It's in 3A, The Overlooked, when Jennifer says, for years, the nematon's power was virtually gone, like the dying ember of a burned out fire, which she should cease with the the fire metaphors if she's trying to re-ingratiate herself with Derek, but that's okay. But a few months earlier, something happened that caused that ember to glow a little brighter, something that gave it a spark of power again, the sacrifice of a virgin. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of the nematon being the literal beacon. Then we have this idea that the beacon can flare and it can go out and it can, you know, it can be charged with power. And the metaphor that she uses, again, is spark. Mm -hmm. And the nematon is kind of this outlet, I I guess, of power that you can kind of plug things into. So you get a lot of that kind of language around the nematon. So it it is a little interesting that she uses that same term, spark, Mm -hmm. to describe something that jumpstarts, which is how Peter uses it too, right? That this is, he jumpstarted, Lydia's power that the the sacrifice of Paige jump-started the nematon. Um, so y- you do have that one more instance of a character using the word spark to describe a little burst of supernatural power. Mm-hmm. And the other quote that I had added here, it doesn't have the word spark, but it does have kind of similar language. Um, that was also in 3A in Lunar Ellipse. Peter says, the moon is rising, Derek. You drained your battery all the way to the red, and there's a fully charged alpha on her way to rip you limb from limb. What he's talking about is when Derek heals Cora or takes her pain and sickness to the point where he stops being an alpha. Mm-hmm. And it does cure her, but he loses that status. And what made me think of it was from reading fanfic, I, have, I remember reading the phrase alpha spark like he lost his alpha spark. And I was like, okay, but is that a an actual canonical thing or is that another fan thing? And I realized it's another fan thing. The show never describes the alpha status as a spark that can go out. Yeah. Um, although I do feel like that the language of like a battery that can be 
charged up or depleted is kind of that similar language, like the way uh, Jennifer was talking about the nematon being kind of depleted of power. So right. it's interesting because throughout the show, we have various references to uh, innate power, gained power, um, and a lot of metaphors around fire and electricity in terms of the discussion of, of metaphorical power. And so I think it makes sense when we're using that kind of charged, pun intended, language oh. that fans would notice when Deaton uses that turn of the phrase. And it's also kind of a triumphant moment for Styles when it does work. He's so excited, so proud of himself. He's like, I did something, yay. You know, it, it, it makes sense to me Especially because Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf can be really bombastic, but sometimes it can be really subtle. I mean, there's that breakup later between Styles and Malia that it's truly blink and you miss it. So in fairness to fans reading a lot into this choice of language, it's like, okay, but Teen Wolf does that sometimes. It can be very like exuberant, but it can also be subtle sometimes. And I think it actually makes a lot of sense that fans are going in for this kind of literary close reading and being like, no, this is actually, this choice of language is entirely uh, deliberate mm -hmm. and they're sort of sowing the seeds of. More elaboration on what this character is capable of. I love Rape. Like you said, how happy we get to see Styles that he successfully did something to help the pack. Yeah, he just immediately has to undo it. <laughs> But I, I think it's just a fantastic moment for him as a character. And that's why I also really like the idea of the show ending with him being the emissary for Scott's pack. And I guess we don't fully know if the emissaries aren't human or like what their abilities extend to. Like it seems magic like they, is like a learned thing or like yeah. how it works. The impression that I got was that it was a learned thing. And, and that kind of goes toward what I was saying with bridging you guys's perspectives that I feel like we can kind of have it both ways in this instance, because it feels like the way they've described emissaries, that, that these are learned and acquired skills. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I never, I didn't get the impression that Deaton and Morel were supernatural creatures. Right. Even right. in the sense of like witches and wizards type thing, like they were humans who have learned how to do some superhuman stuff, but yeah, the kind of superhuman stuff that the right that anyone with the right uh, access to information and force of will could also do. So just because uh, we, I think we could say that Styles is entirely human, and there's some sort of special spark inside him that both of those things can be true at once. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, as far as emissaries go, I always took them to be, I, I thought maybe it made more sense if they are all human, just because they have to kind of cross the line between the human and supernatural world. So it's probably better for a human being to do it. Um, but uh, no, I do like the idea. And I think it always, to me, read that way that like Deaton and Morell kind of come from this, not lineage in the sense of like genetic lineage, but like a lineage of people who are still druids who like a cultural still, lineage. like a cultural lineage you know who came yeah. from a druid culture and kept that going 
And, um, and then that's what emissaries kind of would end up being, you know, it's like, because, you know, because if they are all human, they need probably need to know how to use, how to have certain techniques to be like, well, I'm dealing with supernatural creatures. I need to defend myself. So like throwing mountain ash or stuff like that. So that's all the stuff you learn from like ancient Celtic texts and things like that. Could have definitely had some. I'm about to get real. Go ahead. Yeah. I I was going to say, I'm, this is like to get real deep in some nerdy shit, but um, I, I think, I feel like what, what they showed with the Argents was that they were in the south of France, but, um, the, there's a region of France that was historically Celtic, mm. um, and that shared most of its sort of cultural roots before they were, uh, invaded by Rome, with other Celtic areas like Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever see the Asterix comics, there are Celtic druid characters in those comics. Those characters are druid character in the comics. Um, and there's, in that area of France, there's a pre-Roman language that's, it's a an endangered language, but it's still spoken there, and it has no relationship whatsoever to French uh, linguistically. It's yeah. purely a Celtic language, so it has is in the same language family as Gaelic, Celtic, mm-hmm. Irish, those languages, Welsh. Um, is that kind of like Basque? so? I think it would have been. Yeah. Is that, well, is that it, it, but that, that one, idea? Is that one Celtic? Well, I, well, I was just oh, saying, so, like, how so you it's don't a mean like language. linguistically, just yeah, like it's a language spoken yes. inside of a country, and the two languages are not similar. Like how Italian and German, they're close. Like you, you hear things, but like when you listen to Basque and Spanish, oh, calm down. Um, you know, with like Basque and Spanish, it's like they sound nothing alike. Like they, it's yeah. just they are opposite yeah. languages. Um, Well, German and Italian aren't in the same language family, but because one traces back to Anglo-Saxon and one is a Romance language, but yeah, yeah, in the sense that it's like within this country that speaks a totally different language now. And there's just this one region that has kept its pre-Roman roots. And there are still dances and types of music and festivals and stuff in that area of France that trace back to before they were uh essentially colonized yeah um so i think it would have been really cool to have an episode that goes back even farther than made of chevaudon that's like before the roman invasion and you would see this area of france that would have both um or that that would have druids in an area that would ultimately be the stomping grounds of the Argent hunting clan mm-hmm. that that there was some like geographical overlap yeah. between these two lineages that would ultimately see their uh last scions so to speak uh meeting in Beacon Hills at the time when all these disparate supernatural forces are reaching their modern day climax that would be very cool that that would be very cool. So, so if anyone wants to jump on some fanfic, I'll read the <laughs> shit out of that. <laughs> Make it sexy too. 
actually sent you a couple of fanfics to prepare for this. I know I saw them. I didn't get a chance to read them, but I saw them. I have bookmarked them to read later. So I unfortunately didn't have time after work and now. But I read all the articles and the Reddit thread and the, what was it called? The, you put it in here. Cupid's Bower. That's so just a username. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, whenever I hear the word Bower, I think of Lord of the Rings. And there was also a Leaves of Lorien one. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, right there. Leaves of Lorien Tumblr for the, the spark. Beer. I'm really sad that I already punched my nerd card for this episode and therefore like yeah you can't even gave up my i know yeah i didn't even do it but i'm now sad about it Mm. i gave it up too soon too bad too bad so let's say that styles did have a spark that was something that the show was going to pursue if it ever rebooted or even during the original run of the show what would you have liked to have seen happen kate I'm trying really hard not just to make this like a, a backdoor steric episode. I mean, you do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, I realized it after I said it. Um, I think I, I, it wasn't even a particular story thing that I wanted to see in terms of plot so much as uh, part of Styles's character arc, because we see a lot of Styles second guessing himself and not able to see the value that he brings to the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that conversation between Scott and Styles where they're, um, on the bench at a lacrosse game and he's saying basically i can't protect you guys the way i want to and i feel like we we see that disproven so many times over the course of the show but of course it's different when when you're in it and you can't see it from the outside and all you can see are your limitations and your failures i would have liked to see the quote-unquote spark and I kind of prefer it if it's not necessarily an inherent supernatural thing, but something that he just wills into existence, just some sort of personal like, alchemy. Yeah, that that just breaks all the rules. Like no one gave him permission to be able to do the thing. He just does the thing. Um, I I like that more. And I like the idea of there being another moment like that one in raving where he just accomplishes something and is able to recognize that what he accomplished should not have been possible for him. Um, Because anytime we see that happen, either it gets undermined like raving where he immediately has to break the barrier that he was just so excited about forming. Right. Or uh, he makes possible the impossible, but doesn't see it in those terms. And what I immediately think of there and what caused me to think that I might just end up low-key making this about Sterling is, 
in Abomination, um, Styles holds Derek up in a pool for like two hours. And in Styles' own words, he is just, what was it? 163. Okay, 163. Yeah, something like that. Pounds of pale skin and fragile bone, um, which is kind of poetically said. It just doesn't really make sense that he could actually hold up Derek. I mean, Derek is a solid dude. Mm-hmm. 147. 147. Okay. Sorry, the fanfic I was reading last night got it wrong. <laughs> so we'll we'll blame that fanfic writer. Um yeah, like it, it's almost like he shouldn't have been able to do that because it, Derek is a solid, you know, muscular dude. And this is when he was an alpha, so that was like his most ripped (laughs) and also people just human beings are so heavy when they're just dead weight Mm -hmm. we so rarely experience that that we forget how heavy people are when they're dead weight it's just like how how were you able to keep someone completely paralyzed from the neck down afloat in a pool for two hours without even being able to hold on to anything for most of that time because if you went to the side of the pool a were lizard was going to eat you (laughs) It just feels like something that he shouldn't have been able to do, but he does it anyway. And that is what I think of as Styles of Spark. It's not even that it's inherently magical. It can manifest that way sometimes, like with the mountain ash, but I see it as just something that he has that is special because he made it so, and not because any external force made it so. And so what I would have liked to see is something like that happen again, where it's not undermined and Styles himself was able to see it for the near impossible feat that it was. And also Derek would be there and there would be kissing. Some like petting. Yeah. I love some like some just like nuzzling. Some I like love Derek comforting. I love Derek Fix, where Styles is the emissary for the Hail Pack. Just gives me a bunch of warm, fuzzy feelings. I like the idea that, yeah, it, it's something that, you know, a magical thing instead of him. But I do like the idea that's not something that everyone can do just because, you know, not everyone's brain works the same way. So, yeah, not everyone would be able to, like, have that kind of focus or imagination to make it happen. I mean, I remember like there's that bumper sticker that he sees as he does it, right? Like yeah. imagination's mm-hmm. more powerful than knowledge because what it says. Yeah. And yeah, I like the idea that like, like maybe a more, anal- not that Styles is analytical, obviously he can solve problems and everything like that. But I like the idea that um, he just has like, an open enough mind about like the world and everything around him that allows him to imagine that this will work. And like you said, the force of will, Kate, and that, yeah, maybe someone else whose brain just doesn't quite work like that. Some, I'm somehow also going to try to work the ADHD in there, but I haven't quite managed, figured out how that, want to do that yet, even though the show forgot about it. Well, I feel like maybe that sort of 
I, I see that as, as um, his inability to acknowledge the constraints of reality. Like, there's only so, you only have so much energy that you can contain, right? Mm-hmm. Physically. But then styles would just have more when it's needed. Mm -hmm. right it doesn't make sense it's some sort of quantum impossibility but he just does it anyway that's what the spark is like what was it um I want to say it was Philip K. Dick whose definition of reality was uh reality is that which when you cease to believe in it doesn't cease to exist Mm. all right yeah reality is that which when you stop believing in it it still exists Um, that was his definition of reality and that makes sense, but I see the spark as disproving that theory because the whole thing with the mountain ash and making it work is that it only works if you believe in it, but it's still real and still affects the world around the environment. It affects what's around you. Right. Right. Like it, it still functionally stops supernaturals from leaving. And based on Philip K. Dick's definition of reality, it's not reality. Because when you cease to believe in it, it ceases to exist. Yet here it is. Right. It's a seeming contradiction. It's a, a oh, what's the word? Uh, um, like, uh, a paradox that's the word mm. I was looking for it's a, a paradox and styles defies the paradox yeah I like that that's really cool I see really cool. I, I the ADHD thing is like he's not constrained you know like people see uh, obstacles and he just sees the way through it and sometimes the way through it is by like just spastically barreling at the obstacle until you somehow explode onto the other side joyfully (laughs) he sparks joy (laughs) that's what i'm saying there you go love it (laughs) i like that when we marie kondo the show he'll still be around yeah He sparks joy. So, Will, I know that you're not a fan of Spark Styles, as you want him human, but use your imagination, if you will, as a writer. What would you like to see if Teen Wolf either was rebooted or during the original run of the show, Styles being Spark Styles? What would you want to see happen? I have to piggyback off of a little bit of what Kate's saying, because I think what she's saying makes the most sense you for would. the character. Well, it, it makes the most sense for the character. I'm not going to just take a left turn, you know, with the character. I mean, that's not good writing. But um, I would like to see that whatever manifestation of these new abilities would take for him, that it does give him the confidence that Kate was talking about, because he is not confident. And I do think confident styles is a lot of fun. And if he is going to be the emissary for Scott's pack, the emissary has got to be confident, you know, cause you are like walking into dangerous situations 
you know, constantly. And I, I kind of, because mom and I are, I've, I've started our Better Call Saul rewatch. I would like to see him because Saul talks like he is a master talker and Styles is a master talker too, but he doesn't always do it with great confidence. You know, he just kind of Michael Scott's his way through it. And a lot of times he's right and, and it ends up working out for him. But I would like to see him walking into a situation that it's dangerous where he's he's the tip of the spear for Scott's pack and he's got to talk to some people. And be like, y'all are doing some shit. And my guy over here doesn't like it. And so I, I, need, I need to talk him down for you. So we need to have a conversation here. Almost like a consigliere type of thing that it's like, you know, uh, the person who go like when, when, when something bad's got to happen um, and Scott's got to, you know, pop those claws that Styles is kind of like the guy who goes and talks to the other people first. And he's like, we can find a solution for this that doesn't come with popped claws and blood and all this type of stuff, you know? So I, I would like to see him speak with more confidence that he goes in with a purpose and he's able to talk people down or up, you know, it depends on like whatever the situation calls for that He's able to confidently or down that he is able to confidently speak to them. And just cause I love his, I love ramble styles, but I would like to see cool comp collected styles and if and if his spark you know because you know getting like in raving where he does he does the impossible like what he does is literally impossible <laughs> he's got just a little bit of ash but still goes 50 feet with it and seeing him so happy was so wonderful and and i hope we could see more of that where like Kate was saying that happiness turns into confidence and we can see him stand taller when it comes to having to put himself into dangerous situations, which he does all through the series, you know, but right. a lot of times it's, he's got that bat and he's like, I'm scared or he's visibly scared. Like he, he's doing the thing, but you know, he's, he's, he's very scared, but he's going to do the thing, but to see styles be able to be able to quell the fear. And because he knows he has these skills now and he's able to go and do this job for Scott and, you know, be the tip of the spear for him. I, that would be fun you know, and I mean, Kate had it right. So, you know, Styles isn't confident. So having, uh, this would need to bring out the confidence in him. You know, I don't think there's another way to go with that character. Um, and you still keep him Styles because that's what we need, right? I mean, he's got to be Styles. At the end yeah, of the I like the idea of him talking to someone and being like, you know, really smooth and stuff and then walking back to the pack and being like, did that sound cool? Did it, did it sound cool? I thought it sounded cool, but like, did it, did it yeah. though? Did it sound cool? Cause there's a, there's a bit in the movie, um, <clears throat> collateral with Jamie Foxx and, uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. There it is. Tom Cruise. It's based on Tom Cruise. <laughs> is that based on Tom Cruise? What? Space. You, space. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know why that happened. God of Scientology. Like what? <laughs> with L, it, it stars Jamie Foxx and L. Ron Hubbard reborn. But um, there's a scene where um, uh, Tom Cruise's character loses like a, a tablet or something, like an iPad or something, and he has to go get some information from the 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 criminal kingpin who hired him for this job. But he can't go in there because like they're already on the run, but nobody knows what he looks like. So Jamie Foxx has to go in and pretend to be him. And there's a bit where, you know, Jamie Foxx is very scared and he's, he's tentative and all this walking through this club and he has to go talk to Javier Bardem 
and and all this but then there's this moment where he's like sitting across this table from him and it's just like the the calm comes and he's able to put on this other person and i would like to see that from styles even if it is like like hey i like that idea kate where it's like you have this great scene with styles where he is just nailing it and then when he gets back to the pack he is like is it hot in here oh you know and, and like is it was that was that awesome you know type of thing where you get that that he is you know he's able to do this thing but he is still a human being after or whatever he's still scared but he's able to just put it away for the however long it takes and i think that could be a lot of fun just because i still i still want i want to see a new version of styles but i don't want to lose the old styles either you know there still needs to be trip and fall and and doesn't always have the right things to say but says it very fast and it's fun and and all that so and he's with malia still because stilia for life not your ship I prefer them to Stidia. There's internet proof of this. Yeah, but I, I think she meant that we're just like a super pro steric podcast. And uh, so... I can like multiple things. What she meant to say was that we are mono shippers and it's hard for us to understand poly shippers. But we sure. do... We don't have to understand to respect. There you go. There you go. I just never got Stidia. Just never got it. I never, I never got it. I would really like Styles coming back and being like, "Was that, was that cool?" And Derek being like, "No." I saw that you were like almost smiling when you said no. He's like, "Was that cool?" And then Derek's like, <laughs> "I love that." It's like, I love oh, that. Yeah. I'm I gonna wear that. that leather jacket. I'm gonna wear the shit out of that leather jacket, even if I have to roll up the sleeves a little bit, which I might. But I feel like it'll still look cool because, like, that's a really cool. Leather jacket. Is it real leather? Can but... I touch it? Like that would have to get out of storage because I don't believe that Derek sold it. It's in storage somewhere. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right. It's like Derek. My headcanon cool? is that that was Laura's car. So. Yeah, I still like I that. I think that's get, fun. He wanted to get the Toyota because it was safer for his puppy pack. Aww, it's in the vault. The vault actually has like a drive-in ramp. <laughs> and yeah, it's like Derek. Was that cool? No, it wasn't. Your pants tent says otherwise. It's just the way I'm standing. <laughs> That took a turn. I, I would like the record to reflect that I kept it super peachy and Will took it there and it was not I. Kate was pre-slash, Will was explicit. Yeah. In fandom. You're going by AO3 tags. Yeah. Mine was pre-slash, yeah. You don't want to rush that part. That part's so good. It's the foreplay. It's, it is. It's the foreplay of the fanfic world. And like every good fanfic writer, we'll have to leave our listeners wanting more. That concludes this bonus episode of Return to Beacon Hills. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did talking about all things Teen Wolf. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RTBH Podcast and Tumblr and TikTok at Return to Beacon Hills. If you'd like to ask us questions or offer suggestions for future topics to discuss, you can email us at returntobeaconhills at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Five-star reviews get a shout out. Have a great week, and we'll see you again soon on Return to Beacon Hills.